0: And when we hold back too much and we are too nice for too long, it comes out kind of sideways because nice isn't always authentic like, oh, you have a nice shirt on, or I tell you your shirt's nice, but maybe I'm only half paying attention, or maybe I don't really like it, but you say, how does this shirt look? And I'll say, oh, that looks nice. Instead of giving you a true, authentic comment, because maybe I'm avoiding conflict, or I don't want to hurt your feelings, and I just want to be pleasing. That would be nice. Hi, welcome back to Soul Speak. I'm Meg Michelson, and thank you so much for joining me. It is always a honor, really, to know that people are finding this of value and listening and sharing. So thank you so much. Today's podcast, we're going to do a little bit of a question answer because I've had some people reach out to me. They just want a little bit more clarification on some things. And I think examples are always a great way to go. So I will do some examples today, some stories. So. First question, and I want to step back a second, send me questions. I love that. And you can do it on my um, Maggot Soul Speak Healing email or the podcast email or um, right on the YouTube under comments. So just know I enjoy that very much. First question, what is the difference between being kind versus nice? Is there a difference? You know, when you look up the definition, I, of course, looked up the definition. Nice is being agreeable. Nice is being pleasing. Nice is trying to keep things easy. Kind is different. Kind is defined as benevolent, thoughtful, responding from a place of caring for self and caring for others. Kindness involves being generous and on my belief system without expecting to get anything in return. Although, you know, with everything, we have some sort of a hidden agenda. We just want to be clear with what that agenda is. When I think back to my own childhood, we were taught to be nice. I'm the youngest of 11, and we were raised in a great community where we knew lots of people. And we were really taught to be nice, being respectful, being polite. And being nice, of course, is oftentimes a result of social conditioning, expectations about how we should act. And in my own upbringing, it felt good to be nice. Without using the word kind, though, we were also taught to help others and be kind. That's just how I was raised. And in all of that, however, I grew up being a pleaser because it just became safer to be that way. And along the way in my years, I didn't always use my voice to say what I needed. So that's where it can get a little tricky with that word nice. And there is nothing wrong with being nice. It's just we want to do it from a place of authenticity, not from a place of pleaser. In our culture, it gets tricky, you know, because if someone's not nice, they might be considered a bitch or an ass. But really, it's just maybe they're just flexing their muscles to try to find that space of authenticity. And when we hold back too much and we are too nice for too long, it comes out kind of sideways because nice isn't always authentic. Like, oh, you have a nice shirt on. Or I tell you your shirt's nice, but maybe I'm only half paying attention. Or maybe I don't really like it, but you say, how does this shirt look? And I'll say, oh, that looks nice. Instead of giving you a true authentic comment, because maybe I'm avoiding conflict or I don't want to hurt your feelings and I just want to be pleasing. That would be nice. And the more we do that, when we're overdoing nice, especially without even thinking, we might lose that authenticity or we might never even had it to begin with because we are being led to be polite and we are being led to avoid conflict and we're being led to be pleasers. So too often, niceness can be prioritized over true kindness And that is where it might become damaging to yourself and damaging to those relationships around you. It's important to start to learn the boundaries and the difference between being nice and being kind. Because sometimes when we're being nice to others, we're not really being kind to ourselves. A woman I've been working with, a female client, has been helping her parents for a long time financially. And she was doing it out of kindness because she could. And over time, she was starting to realize that she was giving too much and they were expecting too much, and it was more than she could afford. But she just kept doing it because she felt responsible for that. And she wanted to continue to be kind. However, she wasn't then being kind to herself because she lost that authenticity. We sometimes think it is kind to give. However, when we're giving to please, and not taking ourselves into account then not sharing our true feelings with the other person, is that really being nice? Is that really being kind? So when they ask for something, and we have not been expressing our true feelings because we were being nice, because we didn't want to make their lives uncomfortable, and we didn't want to hurt their feelings, we now start to feel stress. And we start to feel taken advantage of. So often when that happens, when we feel taken advantage of and we have not connected to what's underneath that and go beyond the nice to the kind, to the benevolence, to authentic, we're angry at that person. And we respond from a place of anger. So the last time they asked her for something, she responded from a place of anger. And I'm sure they were really taken aback because they didn't know she was building up anger and resentment all those years. They didn't know because she didn't share. So that blindsides the other person because they had no idea what we were feeling and how upset we were being over that time frame. And then we're looking at, wow, look at that whole, whatever that was, two years, five years, 10 years where you're feel like you're putting up with something that felt good at the beginning and no longer does, but you don't express that to anybody. Now, all of a sudden, you're upset with them because they've taken advantage of you. And is that really nice? And certainly is that kind. So we want to step back before we react from the place of anger towards someone when you feel taken advantage of and ask, what was my part in that? Did I allow that to go on all this time? And is it really their fault? Relationship always involves two people. So we want to be checking in with our nice versus our kind. Because is it really kind to be giving when we can't afford it? Whatever that means, time, compliments, acts of service when we're spent and we're now going to be upset because they're asking of us again, but we want to be nice. Another woman I work with has been going through a painful divorce for quite a quite a long time with a man that is in her words he's been a bully he's been very bullying and holding healthy boundaries when she does not want to be mean is really tricky when someone is disrespectful to us when she felt intimidated by him for so long that is tricky so the idea of being nice is completely false there. Why would she want to be nice to someone that is nasty to her? And the idea of being kind has also been confusing. So when when you're looking at that nice versus kind, and even do I have to be nice? Is it is it kind to myself to be nice to someone that's nasty to me? She does not have to be nice to him. She doesn't have to be his friend. She doesn't even have to be friendly. However, for the sake of our evolutionary soul growth, for the sake of her personal agenda to become a healthier communicator in this lifetime, it is important that she be civil. Nice would be fake. She doesn't have to do random acts of kindness for him or anyone else unless we really want to. And when his behavior has been bullying, she wants to react with nastiness right back. However, Is that really helping her become a healthier human? So she can react from a place of civilty. She can be civil. She can choose to not react from a place of, I'm going to throw a poison arrow right at him, just like he just threw one at me. Because why? Because that deflates her after. That deflates us after when we behave like a person that is disrespectful. So if we're disrespected and we disrespect back, it maybe is a nanosecond of triumph, triumphant feelings, but it's not authentic. It's not real and it's not long lasting. So it's really important to understand when someone is disrespecting us, when her husband has this pattern of being bullying to her and she chooses to respond from either a place of deflated Or throwing that poison arrow back at him, now she feels bad about herself. So a healthy state of empowerment is to be civil. And is that kind? Yeah, it's kind to self, absolutely. It's important to be kind to self as often as we can. To be kind is to be honest, even when it is uncomfortable. So if you're with a group of people and someone makes a joke that you find offensive, if it is racist or sexist, a socially irresponsible comment, and you laugh at it, even though inside it kind of made your guts twist a little bit, is that really even nice? You know, you're doing it to be nice. But is that really? And is that kind? No. No. If something feels offensive and you laugh at it, or, you know, back when you were in elementary and someone was being bullied and you might not stand up for that person, you might just go along with it. That's not kind. It's not even nice. So we really want to get into that place of, do I just go with the flow because it's easier? And is that really nice? Is that really kind? Of course it's not. So start to look at what is underneath that. What's my intention when I am being nice? Is it false? Is it fake? Is it to create a accepted social norm? And is that really what I want to do? Because if it feels uncomfortable in my body, then it is not kind to myself. And it's definitely not the blunt of a joke. So true kindness involves taking yourself into the account. True kindness involves a little bit more mindfulness. Question number two, not sure what happened when I used to live freely and I slipped into feeling and living stuck and now I'm stuck and how do I get back to living freely? That's a great question as is the first question. It's a great question. And we've all been there on some level. We've all been in that space of living really free and then feeling stuck. And what happens? How do we get there? And then, of course, like she asked, how do we get back? A woman I was working with recently used to do so many things that were healthy risk-taking. She traveled a lot. She had a job that was flexible. She said she worked the hours she wanted to. She'd get out and meet a lot of people. And she doesn't know why, but something shifted. And she realized that shift happened because she lost her self-esteem and also that ability to take risks. She lost her courage. She started to feel more nervous. When we worked through that and we looked back at, well, what happened there? She realized she had not said yes to something that she really wanted to do and then didn't say yes to the next, next thing either. And then she started to feel stuck, bad about herself. You know, we don't have to say yes to everything. However, if we really want to go after something, We also don't want to say no. We maybe just put it in our folder for later or say, I'm going to put it on my vision board or post a picture on the wall. Say, I do want this. I'm just not sure when I can make that happen. But let's take a look at how this happens. How do we go from feeling like we're living a great life to feeling like I can't even make my own decisions anymore. I'm stuck. It is important to go back to that time when you felt life was great when you felt that freedom feeling, and then look at the time between, you know, here I was just say like in 2010, my life was flowing and everything was great. And then in 2016, all of a sudden I hit the plateau and nothing was going right. Nothing was going right. Someone else I'm working with is going through that same thing right now. What happened in that time between? when you felt that life was great, and then you got to that place when you're realizing, I'm doubting my own ability to make decisions. I'm not saying yes to those things anymore. And my self-esteem has dropped. No, it might be something that happened overnight. Absolutely. And it might be something that was caused by being in an unhealthy relationship, or moving back to your hometown, or losing some good friends, or a death, or it could even be an unhealthy work situation, or a physical injury, or for some reason you lost a lot of money. And it can also be as small as a comment from someone that was significant to you, that planted a seed, and then your mind starts to slip a little bit into more doubt, and more doubt, and more doubt. The bigger pieces, when we go back and look at the how and the why, it helps to give us that knowledge when we look at the how and the why. And you can do that by creating a timeline, you know, a physical timeline, or just go back in your memory bank and write down anything you remember from those times when I was flying high to feeling really low. Of course, we don't want to go back and start diagnosing it to the point where we can't get out of it. Nothing should be in excess, of course. It's to look at, I'm gaining an understanding. I want the knowledge. I want to understand what took place. And now I can understand it because that helps take some of the burden off of me. That helps my self-esteem. It helps me understand, ah, I understand why this happened. And I want to now to shift that. And of course, as I've talked about before, When we are in our self-esteem center, which is the third chakra, those lessons are, it also provides us more energy. And then when we are improving our self-esteem and our energy goes up, we have more courage to start making those decisions again. So in her case, she had a situation where she was in a relationship where the guy she was dating had lower energy than him. And she liked him for certain reasons. They ended up moving in together. And over that time, he was questioning her fun or her ability to earn her income. And, and it started to plant seeds of doubt. And then more seeds of doubt and more seeds of doubt. A relationship can do that, of course, when we let it. And then that caused this snowball effect of, wow, my life really sucks. So once we understand where it came from, now we got to do the work to get out of that so we can make different decisions and find ways to like ourselves again, find ways to see our greatness. So we do that by starting to say yes to small risks. We do that by doing things for self that are good for us. And with each step, we regain our confidence and life begins to change and this does require stamina. It does require perseverance. It does require that ability to say, even if I don't have enough money to do this now, I am open to creating a new situation. So I'm going to get at it that way. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say, all right, universe, help me make this happen. What steps do I need to take? How can I create this? I wonder. That expands. expands but the no contracts. And the more we say no to those things that we really want to do, the smaller we start to feel. This, of course, all takes lots of mindfulness, practice unwinding, finding those supporting people, finding a friend or a tribe of friends that will say, yes, you can do this. Absolutely, go for it. And of course, this also takes connecting with the body because we have rewired our brain with those thoughts of, I can't do. And now we want to unwind it so we can rewire it with, I can do. It is that connection with the mind and the body. Our mind and our body are fluid. Our mind and our body go hand in hand. It's not one and the other. Our mind and our body are always connected, playing off of each other, helping to grow a healthier being or create an unhealthier being. We want to be working together. So example, we can think of something, but we have to feel it too. A woman I was working with this morning, she is wondering what's getting in her way, why she's not getting the job that she really wants. It's because in her being, she feels like women are not going to have as many opportunities as men. So we're sending out those, those mixed signals. Every cell in our being carries memories. And research has shown that memories can be carried back decades, even hundreds of years through generations. So think about what we are thinking about. Really important in my belief system, when we're exercising, to pay attention to what you are thinking. You know, we are creating new cells every day. And when we're exercising physically, whatever that is, walking, treadmill, weights. We're creating new cells because we are letting go of the old. We're sweating things out. We're letting go of toxins. So if we're thinking about how mad we are at somebody as we're creating new cells, think of what that's doing to our physical body. When we are lamenting how our life is stinky and we are running on the treadmill or doing weights or feeling bad about something, that's the new cell energy that you're creating. It's much harder to bring in new when we are continuing to bring in those old memories that have caused us to be stuck, those old unhealthy thoughts. So if I'm on the treadmill, I'm thinking about the great stuff. I'll listen to podcasts that pull me up. I won't listen to stuff that pulls me down. I'm not going to sit on the treadmill and think about how I've been taken advantage of or what's not going well. I'm going to think about the great stuff. I'm going to put up a vision board in front of me. I'm going to have that absolutely can-do attitude. Take advantage of how we connect the body with the thoughts. It is so important. Instead of thinking the thoughts that I don't want in my life, when we are moving our body, even in the bath, even in the shower, even when you're doing the dishes, Think about that movement and how that can affect any change that's going on. So every time we're producing new cells, it's carrying the energy of where we want to go, not where we've been that has been harmful. And it's so important to use that body to make the changes. So we want to feel it. We want to feel the greatness. We want to feel the possibility in order to shift out of that old where we were stuck. And that includes healthy breathing. So remember how much our thoughts can change our lives for the better. We want to connect with it. And how else can we get out of that stuck and get back to those feelings of freedom where we really felt like our life was great? Pay attention to your tribe, of course. Pay attention to those people you're hanging out with because like attracts like. So when we feel low, we oftentimes... Hang out with people that also feel low. If we want to drink less, hang out with people that drink less. Pay attention to your tribe. Make healthy eye contact. Use physical touch in healthy ways when you are trying to change a thought pattern. And always remind ourselves that we are doing this for self. That woman that's going through the divorce And she has to deal with her husband sometimes. They had to get together physically for something. And she was feeling that nervous tension, that nervous intimidation that she used to feel. And it's really powerful when we remember it has nothing to do with him. He's just a player in her story. She's doing that for her. If she doesn't like him and she wants to slew profanity at him, yeah, we get to have that. We get to do that. However. If we remind ourselves, wait a minute, I'm being civil because it's kind to me. I'm being civil because it's kind to me. And in order to change that pattern and do those new things, I'm going to do something nice for myself. Like I'll put my hand on my belly and I'll remember that I'm doing this for me. So using those five senses whenever we want to change something is really important. Five senses would be taste, touch, smell, hear, see. Another client I was working with who's also feeling stuck right now. She said, I don't even feel like I want to change. No, of course not. And we talked about this on the on the episode with, with Jacob. So we've talked about this a few times. And I'll talk about it as often as, as I'm asked to, because it's so important to remember it is easy to stay stuck it is easy. However, it doesn't make your life any better. And it's not really actually very comfortable because you feel bad about yourself. But when we allow ourselves to know that we're doing this for ourselves and to find ways to use those five senses, even to get our energy up a minuscule amount, like, I'm just going to take a moment and look at the sky. Look, your eyes, sight. Or I'm going to turn on something that makes me laugh going to do one thing, even if that doesn't involve me getting off the couch. And then the next thing and the next thing. So using that physical body to change the patterns. During that this time when we have so many changes, because I'm going to do a little astrological blur. Remember, we just had Pluto enter Aquarius, where Pluto had been in Capricorn since 2008. Now it's in Aquarius for about 20 more years. This is fast times. This is where we really want to be tracking with our thoughts as often as we can. That doesn't mean obsessive thinking. It means being mindful about what we are thinking. It, be, it means being mindful about our intention and then where we are putting our attention. So important. If we want a great life, we've got to align our thoughts with where we want to be, with where we want to go. So have a beautiful week. I am so happy to be here and I look forward to any comments or questions you have and connecting again with you next week. Hey, listeners, during this time when we're navigating all of this fast paced energy, it is so important to find people to walk with you. Check out my website, megmichelson.com and click on the Transforming Yourself Entry Sessions. You can do that on your own. It's great with a partner if you're having relationship issues because I do counsel one-on-one, but I also counsel partners. Join me. It is a fast way to get more awake and to get out of our own way. And I'd be so honored to work with you. So again, go to my website, megmichelson.com. I look forward to having sessions with you.